What did we just watch? The Vikings beat the Raiders three to nothing in a historically bad offensive game. Ron Johnson and I break down all the gory details next. You are Locked On Vikings Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Vikings Postcast. I'm Sam Ekstrom filling in for Luke Inman today. I'm part of the crew here at Locked On Sports Minnesota, as is Ron Johnson. He's at 3RonJohnson on Twitter slash X. Ron, that was a, an unbelievable game that we're going to talk about here at length. A 3 nothing Vikings win. They're right in the playoff picture. They're the sixth seed. In the long term, this is going to go down as a W. But the way that they got there, um, one of the ugliest offensive performances in history. Uh, injury issues abound. That's going to be a problem for the Vikings going forward. Nick Mullins in, Josh Dobbs out. Defense looks unbelievable. We're going to talk about all of it today. The Lockdown Vikings postcast, which is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So, Ron, um, from a historical perspective, only one game in history has gone deeper in the Super Bowl era. With a zero-zero score, that was yep. Steelers Dolphins, which I believe was played in a monsoon, where like nobody could run, the ball would just stick in the ground. It was muddy, it was sloppy. These were perfect conditions today, and the Vikings don't score the first points until one fifty-seven left in the game. Greg Joseph wins it with a field goal. Ron, what are you thinking right now as we come off one of the wildest wins that we've seen in, in recent history? Um, it was, <clears throat> it was kind of a snore fest. Not going to lie. Like if, if I didn't have to do, uh, these jobs, I don't know if I would have kept watching. Uh, it was like every single chance they got out there, they found a way to shoot themselves in the foot. And, and again, this defense saved the Vikings once again, in the bears game, if they could have maybe gotten a little bit more out of the offense, I don't know if maybe, I mean, now looking at it, <clears throat> you're like, should they have bought Josh uh, or sorry, uh, uh, Mullins in earlier in the bears game. Mm -hmm. Um, after the after the half, like they talked about, like oh, I've thought about bringing them in after, at, after halftime, and, and it's tough. And and Kevin O'Connell kind of made that comment when they said they asked him, you know, why did he give uh, Josh Dobbs another shot? And he said, well, this kid's been that guy. Usually, up about this point, every team he's been with, they've kind of you know put him to the side, and just said, hey, like you, you just don't have it. And they and they moved on from him. And then he's jumped to what is it, six teams uh, in the in the first five years or something, and three teams this year alone. Uh, so that's that's crazy. And, and now, I mean, I hate to say it, you see what's going on there. And I don't know if it's uh, fundamentally, I don't know if he's overthinking it, because when he's not thinking, he's a really good quarterback. And so now looking at this three to nothing win that you got to give credit to Nick Mullins, he made the throws and, and some of the throws, though, too, like. It wasn't like a great throw that TJ Hawkinson caught the first pass, Nick Mullins, you know, first play when he got in the game. It just was a lucky bounce to him where you look at some of those other throws, Josh Job throws, and the guys aren't making the catches. And so it just sucks for him. It, it, it's tough when nothing is going right. Your receivers aren't making catches for you. You can't move the ball. Uh, the game's moving faster than you realize it's moving. And with all that said, 
the Vikings still found a way to win and get a field goal. They almost lost it in the end with that ridiculous pooch punt idea versus just kicking the freaking field goal or just punting it with your punter. You surprised. You almost screwed yourself because you had your field goal team out there. And if that guy had been a little bit faster and smarter, he might have scored and we might have ended up like Auburn versus Alabama. Yeah. And everybody be sitting here like, what in the heck was he thinking doing that stupid play? You got nothing. I mean, if, if anything, just say, hey, hold the ball, hold the ball, run around, and then throw it up in the air as high as you can throw it up into the back of the end zone to let the clock keep running. That would have taken 11 seconds too because those guys weren't rushing uh, to, to, to tackle a quarterback. They were just kind of running in to block a field goal, and then they stopped. He could have just held onto the ball. And then threw it up as high as he possibly wanted to out of the back of the end zone and then let the clock run out that way. Like there's there was a number of ways he could that play could have ended besides what happened, because that was almost a nightmare. Yeah, that was um a curious special teams decision, to say the least. And and Devontae Adams made me nervous on the final play, too. He had some oh, yeah. open space and some speed going forward. Um, the the hook and ladder stuff, it didn't didn't happen. Vikings win three, nothing. But uh, you mentioned the receivers not doing Josh Dobbs any favors. Mm-hmm. His accuracy was off too. It was a bad yeah. combination. And you also had Justin Jefferson, Jalen Naylor, and Brandon Powell banged up over the course of the game. We'll get into the severity of those injuries. The Jefferson thing could be rather serious, transported to a hospital. So the offense undermanned. But I think when you see what Mullins did in just a couple of drives, he was decisive with the ball, like Mark Mark Sanchez said on the broadcast. He hangs in for that extra half second when Dobbs might leave the pocket. And all he needed to do was convert a couple big third downs on that field goal drive. And I got to think, Ron, and tell me if you agree, it's Nick Mullins' game on Saturday at Cincinnati. For sure. It is. It it, it sucks. Uh, I was all on board for this. Willie Beeman and it it lasted for what two three weeks, mm-hmm. and Willie Beeman became what he was in the movie. The big difference is Hollywood isn't there to help him out in the next game because Willie Beeman did struggle. Uh, Al Pacino did try to talk him through it and say you're overthinking this. Stop trying to be the hero. Just play the game. Let me you know trust me. Trust my playbook. And and Al Pacino was talking him through it. I don't think Josh Jobs is going to get that. I don't think he has a Hollywood writer. Even though Cam Bynum is big on movie. I don't think Josh Jobs is in the movie anymore. I think the whole movie and the Cinderella and the pumpkin and the shoe and all that, everything is hitting. There's a rat now sitting in with a pumpkin and there's no more carriage. Um, Josh Jobs is done and, and and it sucks. But yes, you look at Cincinnati and they actually look pretty good early on. Uh, when you watch some of the throws they were making, which weren't like big time down the field throws, it was just they were making easy short throws and then making long runs. And if you look at the Bengals, they've been playing well the last couple of games. So you have to kind of say like, hey, man, I can't, you know, like if this game had looked a lot better, you'd be like, yep, let's go. We're ready for the break. Now you're like, I still have a chance with Nick Mullins now to get into the playoffs and maybe try to make something happen. Uh, but fundamentally, I just don't know how this team could go toe to toe with any competent offense like the Eagles or the 49ers right now. And that's what's scary about this. Yeah, this is the third consecutive stinker on offense. If you include the Denver game, which started out okay, they settled for field goals and then they couldn't move the ball late when they needed to. But mm-hmm. Bears game, obviously ugly. This game, uglier. And they've bottomed out offensively. And as they've bottomed out, Ron, the defense seems to only play stronger and stronger. Zero points allowed today. They entered the week eighth. I got to think they leave the week like fifth, 
fourth in points allowed this year. Mm -hmm. The defensive effort, albeit against a backup quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, they keep making these young QBs just look hideous. And today, the Raiders 3.8 yards per play, 3 of 14 on third down, 202 total yards. I mean, I'm I'm sure we'll see on, on Twitter historically where those numbers stand, but probably one of the most dominant Vikings defensive performances in history, certainly probably in the top five, top 10 games of all time for their defense. Yeah, and, and um, but let's be honest too, though. The Raiders offense coming to this, they were 29th in yards gain. Uh, they were 31st in the run. Uh, they were, what, 27th in points per game. So the Raiders are going to probably drop to 29th, if not last at this point. We're not getting any points this week. Um, they were already bad. That was the reason why their coach got fired. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Pierce is doing everything he can do. He's trying to find new ways to motivate these guys. He had them come out with what five thirty left in the half to go do calisthenics to rewarm up, like the game is starting over again. Because he's he try he probably set that mindset in the locker room, like, hey man, zero zero, it's a brand new game. Go out there and let's get this started like it's a new game. And so they went out there like they had never been out there before. They warmed up again. They did all the running around, and it it still didn't work. It's still now the defense played well, but did the defense play well or did the offense suck? And I think that's where I saw the question mm -hmm. on Twitter. Somebody on Twitter asked that during the game as I was tweeting out some of the offensive woes of the Vikings. And they're like, well, is it that the, off the offense of the Vikings is not that good or is the Raiders defense good? Max Crosby is good. The rush is good. Mm -hmm. But the offensive lineman being hurt, uh, you, you had Brian O'Neill go out. You had Dalton Reiser go out for a little bit. Like, it it was it was just not good. And then you had uh what's his name? Who's the blitz pickup guy? Uh Madison went out. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you're having to run the ball with CJ Ham. You're having to get uh Kane Wangwu in and run the ball more than he's used to. You had to use Ty Chandler on third down blocking. I mean, the Vikings faced third down 20 times today. 20. And they only converted it eight times. So that's that's way too many times to face a third down and just get stopped. And and some of the stuff was drops. I mean, I'm going to be honest, though. Like, that's that's part of the problem. The Vikings punter today, Ryan Wright, punted the ball. Where is it? Eight times. I thought it'd be more. I thought it'd be more like 12. Eight punts today for 383 yards. The most active Vikings player in this game. When we return, well, the other we're ones field goals, though. That's why. You forgot about the field. That's yeah, the yeah. Game. A missed yeah. miss field goal. By well, the third downs the after the third downs, where well, they didn't punt because they were going for a field goal. So that's and when you were looking and at Joseph had had a pooch punt, and took one away from Ryan Wright. What a yeah, what a little pooch punt. It didn't work <laughs> out. Almost terrible. went uh, kick six on the bit. Uh, after this, we're going to talk about injuries. Bad news potentially with Brian O'Neill and Justin Jefferson leaving the game. We'll discuss that after a word from DoorDash. DoorDash makes my game day Sunday. Having people over for the game, want to have a little uh, little buffet with your favorite restaurant food, get on the horn with DoorDash, which provides you your best local restaurant entrees, appetizers, or, or groceries that you can have for your football cuisine. It's so easy to use. Hop on the app, find the food locally, gives you a delivery time. You get your favorite food delivered straight to your door. It takes two minutes to order and then just a few minutes more to get that food delivered. It's the best way to fuel you on Sundays. And here's the deal right now at DoorDash. Get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more 
on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's code LOCKED23 at DoorDash. All right, Ron, uh, let's get into these injury issues and start with Justin Jefferson. Makes two great catches in the first half, and on the second one, goes airborne, takes a hit in the back slash ribs, pulled from the game, in and out of the injury tent, walks off the field, transported to a local hospital. None of that sounds good to me. I mean, if you're getting trans, even for precautionary reasons, smells like a broken rib, you know, and, and taking precautions to make sure that, that no organs are affected by that broken ribs can be, can be messy. And they're, they're obviously gonna, you know, take all precautions with a player like Justin Jefferson, but so unfortunate for that to happen Two catches into his return. Yeah. And, and so when that, when you first see the hit and he also reaches back to his back, um, you, you have to wonder about his kidney. Cause like, when he kind of compressed, you know, he kind of compressed back. And it's almost like when, you know, in boxing matches, they always check that too. Like guys get punched in their kidney and all of a sudden they're peeing out blood. And so I think that's the other thing they want to make sure too, is that like the, the, the organs, like you're saying, if, if his rib either got broke or something got fractured back here, and then he compressed back on that, that kidney to make sure it's not lacerated or something. So I think that's why they probably uh, got him to the hospital just to make sure there's no like kidney lacerations or any kind of, you know, any type mm-hmm. of organ lacerations. Cause if any bone, whether it's a chip a crack, whatever it can, it can get sharp and, and stick organs. And so, yeah, so they, yeah. I think that's just a precaution to not like just put them on a plane and ice them up and just assume nothing's wrong. Um, one, cause they're in Vegas. So, you know, if he has to fly back on his own or whatever he has to do, I think that's the thing also too, they wanted to get him there early enough just to be done. So if the x-rays come back quick enough, they can say, okay, yep, he's good. Let's get him to the airport and he can fly back with the team. Um, but if we hear like a report of like, oh, Justin Jefferson is going to stay in Vegas overnight or something, uh, you know, it might not be safe to fly. So whatever it is, they might want to make sure like, they get it taken care of so that he doesn't fly and it doesn't swell up or nothing gets worse. Um, but yeah, that's the worst case scenario. When I saw that throw too, because people were saying like, oh, he's out there throwing balls and going to get his receivers killed. I'm going I'm to have to watch it back. The All-22 won't show it. It's going to be the game version. I might just watch back the game version of that and see. I don't know if Josh Jobs can throw a lower ball because he's trying to throw over guys, and that's the only thing I can think of is, like, what else could he have done to save Justin Jefferson from that safety in that, in that point, mm-hmm. whether it's throwing it more at his body so he just stops his momentum? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I stepped away from the TV for just a minute. And I missed the Madison injury, but I saw on Twitter people saying that Dobbs throw cost Madison on that play too. Can you no, can you speak no. to that? No, he got hurt before that. So if you watch the play before it, I I even was wondering why he's still in the game. I thought it was his shoulder because I thought he reached for the ball and maybe you know like his shoulder was already hurting and when he reached he realized it. But if you watch the play before it, he's still on the ground. Like I don't know if he gets like his leg is caught under somebody because uh, somebody like tries to rip the ball out of his arm late. So kind of like the turn, I think his leg was still under somebody. So he's getting pulled one way, but his leg can't move. And so I think it just was like a, a ankle sprain or some a high ankle sprain. And then instead of him going out, because you can see him kind of do like a move, like, oh, like it hurt, like he hit the ground or something. Mm-hmm. And then he's, I thought he was going out and then he stays and I'm like, oh, crap. So at the throw, my guess is on the throw, he tried to push off to go forward, catch the ball and move. And he felt his leg or whatever it was. And that's when he like he was like, all right, I'm, I can't do this anymore. 
but he should have. I think he got hurt on the run before yeah. that because he gets yanked. So I don't think it's the throw. Because I saw somebody else say that too. Like he he hurt three of our receivers already on throws, and I'm like, I don't I don't think Madison was on. I think Madison was hurt before that throw, and then that throw just he was trying to sprint last minute and realized like, oh my leg really hurts, and then he went out. Yeah, so Madison ankle left the game. Jefferson, obviously, with the chest, they called it injury. And Brian yep. O'Neill with an ankle. I got to see if the team ever released a statement on O'Neill. I think, I don't think there's been an update unless Kevin O'Connell's talked about it post game. But coming off an Achilles, you, you worry. You worry. I know. I thought O'Neal. that. I thought the same thing. I thought it was an Achilles. Yeah. And we don't know. But that's a serious, serious loss, you know, and, right. and you, they were banged up on the offensive line today. They already didn't have Ed Ingram. They lost Dalton Reisner for a minute and they lose Brian O'Neill for the game. David Questenberry's over there trying to deal with Max Crosby. I mean, what a what an assignment to throw him in for. But remember, Oliudo's already out. So <laughs> Brian O'Neill misses time here i mean right. maybe you're tossing break brandle back out to tackle or, or sticking with crescentberry i don't know but th- that's a i mean behind jefferson there's not many more devastating losses on this offense yeah and it's crazy because <clears throat> if you think about ezra cleveland would have been a guy that could play tackle <laughs> and so you know he was a tackle Absolutely. in college and they you know got got rid of him they kind of had to because of uh the, you know the Dalton reisner uh agreement and then they i think they just kind of like reisner and said you know what this guy showed us enough in one game that we got to move on from from uh, ezra cleveland but i i mean who could have who could have known every offensive lineman would get hurt in the game uh but yeah i as soon as i saw him anchor down i thought achilles because his leg locked and it, it did pop but it didn't pop like an achilles but you could see kind of like he tried to anchor and it was just too much weight from i think it was crosby who got him and he, he just like he was like, oh, and he fell forward. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. what was that? And so my thought was was Achilles, but I'm like, I couldn't like he because he put no weight on it. So you couldn't tell if he was giving you that like fake walk where he couldn't move his leg. They picked him up right away. He didn't put weight on any other on the leg at all. So you never really saw it. But Kirk Cousins, they call Kirk Cousins an ankle, too. And then it ended up right. being his Achilles. So. Yeah, they ne- they never call it the Achilles, you know, immediately. Sometimes, you know, maybe after the game, they would allude to it. I'm watching Twitter as we speak. But if we don't have an update for you, uh, make sure you tune in to Locked on Vikings tomorrow. Luke Braun will have all the information. And I'm sure – and he was at the game. So he's going to have a great perspective on everything that happened um, in Vegas and all the excitement and lack thereof. But – it, it is hard to get too excited about this game because of, like we're talking about, serious injuries. Your quarterback didn't look good. You're changing quarterback. You're undermanned on offense. It is tough to really get up about this six-seed Vikings team, but we'll try, and we'll look ahead in our next segment after a word from Prize Picks. Prize Picks is simply the best way to play daily fantasy. You're not competing with thousands of other players who have stacks and stacks and stacks of entries. You're just competing against the numbers. So they set the lines for you and you pick, you know, more or less than the number between two and six player stat projections. And part of the fun is they've got cross sport stat projections. So you could take Jordan Addison yards and Carl Anthony Towns points just for a Minnesota example. And you can have that cross-sport fun with prize picks. Also, if there's an early injury, player gets hurt in the first half, they will reboot that bet. 
They have a reboot policy, and they're the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. It is so easy to put your ticket together. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match. The first deposit match up to $100. One more time, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It's prize picks. Four games left in this zany Vikings regular season, Ron. Let's let's mm-hmm. quickly run through it. I'm sure everybody knows at this point that it's Bengals next and then Lions, Packers, Lions. It's going to come down to the final three weeks. Now, the Lions have given the Vikings a, a reprieve here because the Lions lose to the Bears. Yep. They almost did a few weeks back. They actually did today. And that brings the Vikings within shouting distance. Now the Vikings can make up that two-game deficit with a couple wins against Detroit. And, of course, if they win those games, they have the tiebreaker run. So suddenly the NFC North, in spite of the ugliness today, the hideousness of that game, the Vikings are not out of the division race. But Cincinnati looms, and they've scored 30-plus points the last two weeks with Jake Browning. Uh, We thought that'd be a cakewalk game. I don't think it is going to be. Yeah, so when you look at this, this Vikings team overall, though, I think you said, what, two games back? It it literally they have to win out, like they have to win out because I, I tweeted that soon as it happens. Those the Bears uh, won. I said, okay, Vikings have a chance now. They just have to win out. Every negative Vikings fan said that's the problem now. They actually know they're playing for something, and so it's gonna go wrong. And I was like, this this is gonna be the game. The Lions lose and the Vikings lose, and we all wake up the next day on Tuesday for the Ron Johnson show or whatever. And we're all like. Oh, all the Vikings had to do was was win, and they'd be one step closer to winning the NFC North. Well, they actually did win. It was ugly. They have to beat the Bengals. And then the the Lions, people keep forgetting, the Lions still have to play the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The Lions play the Cowboys and the Vikings twice. Now, the Bears beat the Vikings, so clearly the Bears right now seem to be better than the Vikings offensively because Justin Fields is making things happen. And, you know, after their bye, it looks like they, they're getting better. But I don't know. Like, if the Vikings can figure this out now with Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins has a week now with Kevin O'Connell, a full week, and then also then the Lions, Bear, or sorry, Packers, Lions. And if mm-hmm. that can be a just run it off and have a and run away with it, and they still have to play the Cowboys, the Vikings not only win the NFC North, but they have a game ahead of they go up one on the Lions, and then the Lions get pushed down. I don't know where this puts the Packers, but it could be the Vikings because then they would be the four seed, I'm guessing, because of record and winning the division. Um, oh, no, no, they'd be the three seed because the, the, the NFC South sucks. So Correct. they'd be the three seed, and then it just comes down to who they're going to play. And, and I think that's the key is if you're the three seed, you play the six. At that time, is are the Lions probably the six seed? Probably. If you beat the Lions twice and they drop, I don't think the Packers are going to leave. But the Packers could leapfrog it. The Packers could win a couple more games too, just lose to the Vikings. Yeah. And yep. then they're the six seed. So this is this this NFC uh, North race at first seemed super boring, and now it just got way more interesting. If the Vikings end up playing the Packers, so they play the Lions, Packers, Lions, and they play the Packers first wild wild card, and they host the Packers at home. Oh man, come on now, Nick Mullins jerseys twelve. <laughs> all right, that's that's all you need. You need the twelves. You got eleven. The Seahawks had their twelves. We got our twelves now. Everybody wearing Nick Mullins jerseys, cheering for the Vikings. It could be it could, there. There's a new movie. Forget any given Sunday. I don't know what we'll call this one. 
if you can shake off the stench of today's game, it does shape up for a really fine, fun final stretch. Packers play tomorrow at Giants. They're favored by almost a touchdown. Then they've got the Buccaneers, who I can't figure out. Buccaneers could win any given Sunday and could get blown out by 30. Then they've got the Panthers, who are bad, not going to win ever again. Then the Vikings, and then the Bears. The plucky Bears might uh, do the Vikings a favor in the final week. But but based on that schedule, uh, the Packers' toughest game is Minnesota. And obviously, Minnesota has to win that game. Yeah. But both teams could make the playoffs, Ron, because the Rams lost today. The Seahawks lost today. So the Vikings are a game clear. Oh, and the uh, and the NFC South loser is also 6-7. and seven. So they're a game clear of a lot of the teams chasing them. Packers could tie them up tomorrow, but the Vikings would have the tiebreaker, so they'd stay in sixth. I guess the question is, for these final four games, how do you squeeze something, anything, out of this offense? If it's a Nick Mullins-led offense, let's say you don't have Justin Jefferson. Maybe Alexander Madison misses some time. Brian O'Neill might miss some time, if not the rest of the season. How do you win with that depleted group? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, so today what we saw when Nick Mullins came in, we saw some secondary throws. Uh, you know, you heard Mark Sanchez bring it up that, that Nick Mullins waits that extra half second needed in the passing game that Kevin O'Connell runs to make those throws, whereas Josh Dobbs seems to bail out a lot sooner. I tweeted one of the videos out. That's three Ron Johnson on Twitter. But I tweeted one of the videos out, uh, the third down, where Josh Dobbs tries to run for it and gets cartwheel thrown out of bounds. Um, if he just waits a half a second, his running back on the mesh is coming open to his left. And that's the same play that I put on the pregame show with the Chiefs. I tweeted that out. I tweeted out the film state. The Chiefs ran the same exact play, same exact formation. TJ Hawkinson would have been Travis Kelsey. You would have had the running back. Pacheco would have been Ty Chandler. You would have had number four, the receiver, which was actually our number four and Brandon Powell coming this way. Uh, you know, it's it, it literally Kevin O'Connell third down for the most part went bunch, just like I said he needed to do. I bought it up on the, the football party as well that when you go bunch against the Raiders, they don't do well. Kevin O'Connell knew that. He tried it. Josh Dobbs just did not like he wasn't patient. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know why he didn't trust that Kevin O'Connell had watched enough film to say these guys are going to screw it up in bunch. Just take your time, find the guy, and know who you're going to. And every single time, he went the wrong way. And I don't, I don't know what, what you have to do. And that's why I think he pulled him eventually. He's like, look, mm -hmm. dude, like these throws are here. Because I guarantee when they sat down with that tablet, he was showing them, like, all you have to do is this. And then Josh Hobbs gets out there again and does it again. Now, I think to start the second half or the fourth quarter, no, the fourth quarter, he tried to start, like, play action in Josh Hobbs and seemed like it was working the first couple plays. And then the Vikings start shooting themselves in the foot again. So I don't, I don't know. Like he, he's not a sit in the pocket guy. And Kevin O'Connell, I think, is realizing all. Like, look, I, I don't know how to design, you know, creative runs for you. I got to go with a guy who's yeah. going to throw the ball like Kirk Cousins, and that's what he's going to go with now. Yeah. So that Bengals game is on a Saturday. There will be a postcast after that. That's a noon Central start. Got a postcast after every game here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Find the audio and the Locked On Vikings feed as well. And Luke Inman also hosts for Timberwolves, Gophers football, and uh, eventually Twins baseball as well. So big week coming up as well here on the network. Ron Johnson show on Tuesday, Minnesota football party Monday and Thursday. Plenty of football talk coming up. 
uh, and a lot of it with Ron Johnson. Ron, uh, thanks for joining after that snooze fest, as you called it. He's at three Ron Johnson on Twitter slash X, and I'm Sam Ekstrom at Sam Ekstrom. Thanks for all of you in the live chat watching along with us, and thanks to all of you watching after the fact. Vikings win 3 nothing against the Las Vegas Raiders. Hope those in attendance uh, can go enjoy the casino scene and the strip and taking a show. And um, like someone said in the chat, might need to take a shower after watching that game. That was <laughs> that was ugly. Um, thanks a lot, Ron. Appreciate you. All right, signing off for now here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's the Locked On Vikings postcast.